2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast,
1: presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber.
3: Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a game day edition, Hornets, with another contest at Spectrum Center. Still very, very nice to be home after that long, two-week-long road trip. Uh, Charlotte's got another one upcoming, but between now and then, they'll take on the Sacramento Kings tonight at Spectrum Center. One and only visit of the season for Sacramento to the Queen City Kings, currently sitting with a 21-14 and record, solidly in the top six in the Western Conference. Hornets, of course, are now 8-26 and and have lost something like 17 out of the 20 games they have had to play without LaMelo Ball or with at least a very limited LaMelo ball. So we'll give you our game preview for this one. Keep in mind, Charlotte did score a win just about a week ago on the road at Sacramento, 111-104, to where they were very, very shorthanded. So that's something to be positive about looking into this matchup here tonight. We're also going to talk about the individual brilliance of Terry Rozier, been on an absolute tear as of late. Where does he sit currently in the all-time rankings of Hornets stars. We'll discuss this with the senior writer from Hornets.com and the curator of all things Hornets history, Sam Purley. back with us again for a 2-Sams edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Sam, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Thrilled to have you. Let's start off with Terry Rozier because he had just a brilliant, brilliant game The other day in overtime, sadly, a silver linings effort coming in a 119 to 112 loss. But it was, in my opinion, one of the best games we've ever seen from him. Not only does he go for 39 points, not only does he have a career high with 12 free throws on 12 attempts, I might add, but he did it with the Hornets so shorthanded that it felt like Chicago was throwing double teams at Terry before he even caught the ball. There was little to no daylight anywhere, and he still knocked down tough shot after tough shot and did everything he could to get the Hornets to a winning situation against Chicago. And so it brought me to this thought process of here. Where exactly does Terry rank in Hornets history amongst the stars? And there have been quite a few of them. I'm not trying to diminish anyone else or overly pump up Terry prematurely because he's got a lot still that he's going to accomplish with this team. But based off what we've seen in this recent run and over his entire career in the Queen City, how good of a player, how high up the totem pole do you think he belongs?
4: Yeah, he, he's on quite a tear right now, and and obviously, I think, th- to start off real quick with a game the other night against Chicago, the, the second one, what impressed me so much is if you go back to the first meeting with the Bulls and how much of their game plan was to take Terry out of that game. He's held scoreless in the first half, or I think the first time in over two years, finished with 15. The offense never really got going, and uh, it was a little bit of a, a slowish start offensively for the Hornets, but Terry really got going in that fourth quarter had 14 points seven threes like you said uh third 30 point game in the last third 30 point game uh in his last four appearances and he has six overall in the season so that's accounted for half of them in just over this past week or so uh he's on such a such a run right now averaging career highs and points and like you said you don't want to kind of take away you know he still has plenty of you know years or games years seasons however you want to call it to come and, and a lot more time to kind of work his way up, uh, you know, his Hornets legacy. And some of this I think is getting a little bit overshadowed, at least league wide, because the team, as we know, is struggling to win right now. But I don't think that should necessarily take away from what Terry Rozier is doing. I don't think what he's doing right now is, some people use the term garbage numbers. The Hornets are in a lot of these games, and he's the reason they are in a lot of these games. They're not down 40 or 50 points, and he's just kind of stat-padding at the end. So if his career were to end today, I think he's easily a top-ten Hornet of all time. You know, he's, he's top-ten scoring right now, or he's top-five in scoring right now. Uh, he's going to be top-three, top-two, and three-pointers at some point. Uh, if he continues his pace, he's top-ten in assists. In uh, his scoring average right now, uh, if the season were to end today, would be third best in franchise history behind only Glenn Rice and Kemba Walker, uh, both of whom did their respective scoring numbers ahead of him in all-star season. So, you know, it's been a tough go for the Hornets this past month, but I don't think that should take away from how well Terry is playing and especially the historical context that, you know, that comes with how well he has been playing.
3: Some of that historical context for you, just the uh, new accomplishments based off the last game for Team Teal. He has passed Del Curry for the fifth most career 20-point performances in franchise history. Uh, The other day was his 157th. That moves him ahead of Del Curry on that list. And anytime you pass Del Curry in anything, you're clearly doing something at an extremely high level. And there are several categories with which he has a chance to to pass Dell in terms of overall NBA career. Recently, Terry joined the NBA's all-time top 100 list. He's currently about 70 or so career-made threes behind Dell with just the franchise about 80 or so behind Dell. So again, in that category, if you're doing something on par with what Del Curry was able to accomplish, uh, one of the most storied Hornets in this franchise's history. And some people's opinion, the greatest Hornet in franchise history, given he played more games and was a part of more success than really anyone else that comes to mind. Uh, But there's so many other lists that he's on the top 10 for. He's top 10 in assists. He's top five career points. He's top three career threes. Uh, He just seems to do everything well, for the Hornets, and as we've mentioned, with so much attention already on him, I, I like the way that you treated this. I think it's more appropriate to look at Terry within a range more so than let, let's you know nitpick and say, well, he should be sixth ahead of you know this player or right behind this guy. I, I don't think that's fair. But I mean, there are some really spectacular players in Hornets history you've chronicled a lot of them if not all of them Alonzo Mourning, Emeka Okafor at the center spot, Muggsy Bogues, Del Curry, Kemba Walker, Glenn Rice, Larry Johnson I mean there, there are so many to be on a top 10 list for any franchise is a major accomplishment and I think that you've gone out and said that yeah Terry belongs in the top 10 in Hornets history is certainly saying something.
4: Yeah, and I remember a few years ago um, during the 30th anniversary celebrations in 2018-19, in we put together a, a top 10 list of all-time Hornets and, you know, fans had, you know, say in it and there was a little bit of a process of how we determined it. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily one through 10. It was just a collection of 10. I could be mistaken, but uh, there was always this, and I think you can do this not only with the Hornets, but with other teams that are going through similar anniversaries and things like that, is how much do you weigh longevity how much do you weigh individual success versus team success how much do you weigh records and performances and moments and things like that so it certainly is a you know an interesting debate that i think it applies not only to the Hornets but every team and you know you've got guys with the Hornets that have had really long careers with the team 8, nine, ten years you've had guys like Glenn Rice or Alonzo Mourning that were really really good for 2 or 3 years but didn't necessarily have you know aren't really remembered you know maybe in the bigger picture as being a Charlotte Hornet when you look back at their career. so uh, it's an interesting debate and you know it's one that maybe uh, in 10 or 15 years or whenever Terry's is done playing we can look back and you'll have a little bit more 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 of, I guess, a firm standing of where he finishes up with everything. But uh, I think it's really cool that you brought this up because I think it's, again, it's when you're in the middle of the season, you start to enter these dog days of the NBA, regular season in mid-January. And, you know, it's been a tough year for the Hornets. And to to make sure that you're appreciating what Terrell's year is doing because he is having a career year right now in his, whatever, his ninth NBA season, the scoring, the efficiency, the assists. He's taken on such a heavier role with such increased defensive attention and he's really, really prospered from it. And it's just I'm sure you're the same way. But I, I had no I was so confident that last three pointer uh that he fired up in, in the fourth quarter in the second Chicago game was going in. I was like, there's just no way this isn't going in but uh it wasn't meant to be. Doesn't take away from a sensational performance to get the Hornets to that point. But Uh, I think he's due at some point later this season we're going to get a buzzer beater or a game-winning shot or something like that from Terry Rozier, and he's going to have some of these these big moments that we'll really, really remember like we've seen in the past.
3: No doubt in my mind, none whatsoever. A 39-point performance the other day, whether it was the individual record with the 12 made free throws a career high for Terry Rozier the other day, or the collective brilliance accumulating a total of 157 career, 20-plus point performances with the Charlotte franchise, moving him ahead of Del Curry, whether it's his personal best career long accomplishments doesn't matter Terry just continues to climb up the record books and I think rightfully in both of our opinions a top 10 player already in franchise history and uh, he can move even higher on a lot of people's lists if he's not already there by helping guide this team towards the postseason which by the way it's nowhere near uh, a foregone conclusion that they're buried right now one of the franchises and and seasons that I use as a barometer the New Orleans Pelicans from a couple seasons ago 21-22 that was a year Zion Williamson was out for the entirety of the year. They started that season. 1-12, 1-12, and 12, winning just once in their first 13 games. They were something like 8-21 and 21 in mid-December and then closed the year by winning 30 of their final 55 games. There's a little less runway in front of the Hornets now compared to that team, but the records are pretty darn similar, and given the way things are shaping up in the Eastern Conference, uh, the similar type of winning record, win percentage from here on out might be just enough to get Charlotte where it wants to go in terms of contending for the postseason. First step will be tonight against the Sacramento Kings. We'll have a game preview on that one for you in just a moment. But coming up next, where do the Hornets sit right now in the hierarchy of NBA teams? We'll ask Sam Purley
0: after this quick break here on the Hornets Hivecast. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, Assisted living and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort style amenities and high quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. (sighs)
5: Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.
3: Sam Farber and Sam Purley here for a Two Sams edition of the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Sam, we've had rarer occurrences of Two Sams editions of the podcast. You are so gracious with your time, filling in a lot of the time when I'm traveling and on the road, and oftentimes we just don't want to overload you. But with the weather phenomenon yesterday and some cancellations elsewhere, you were kind enough to step in. And I think part of the reason also that you don't do as many podcasts with me is because oftentimes I will make you do power rankings or rookie ladders or some of these podcast popular topics that are not quite as popular with you. But I had another guest planned, and unfortunately we had to make an audible, and you were kind enough to fill in, so I'm allowed to do the segment I had planned, yes? That's
4: fair. That's absolutely fair. I don't want to upset the apple cart. You had something laid out, you're ready to go, and I will adapt on the fly. I'm ready to go. I can be open-minded to power rankings and rookie ladders. Uh, I just like to really push your buttons when, you know, anytime I find one, and now I'm I'm texting you right off the bat just to kind of poke the beehive a little bit.
3: Yeah, I I can uh, confirm. Firm that Sam Perley likes to find people who on social media have one follower and rank Brandon Miller 27th in the rookie class and say, hey, here, look, this official, this official ranking says Miller buried. What do you think about that? And then I lose my mind until I figure out that it's Sam's burner account. So uh, there you go. But w- for today's topic, we'll avoid the rookie rankings so far. I do think Brandon Miller continues to be underrated, but he's had a, a spectacular season. Hopefully that continues tonight against Sacramento. We're going to look instead at power rankings and there's a number of publications out there I think for the most part they've all been fair I think last year they didn't really give any due to the Hornets with them dealing with so many injuries and absences I think they just kind of graded it based off the record and weren't paying attention to the circumstances not that they have to but I think they were a major factor this season it feels like they are again the injuries the absences not having LaMelo Ball Terry Rozier Miles Bridges play in the same game start to finish at all this season has clearly hurt the Hornets. But I feel there's more recognition of that, at least in the write-up, from many of these national publications. That said, it hasn't necessarily helped the Hornets in the rankings. And I'll ask you, Sam Perley where in the hierarchy of 30 NBA teams do you feel the Charlotte Hornets should be ranked right now?
4: And this is without looking. I'm not looking at anything right now. You know, I, I'm kind of a little bit of a tra- traditionalist. I am in the area. I think you are what your record says you are. And, you know, unfortunately, the Hornets have been dealt a pretty bad hand for the first third plus of this season. So there's two different answers here. Do I think right now, you know, they're, they're probably in that 25, 26 range. Again, I still think, and I'm sure you feel the same way, uh, if we can hopefully see this team healthy, or at least even up to 80 to 90 percent healthy um, compared to what, you know, has transpired over these first few months, I really genuinely believe they could be a, you know, a team that's in contention for hosting a play-in game if not better so it's just tough because you can't really get a read and, and, and it's just I think we're all kind of in the same boat right now as we so badly want to see what this team can be like together but it just hasn't come to, to fruition so far this season so uh, as it stands right now with where they are they're probably you know in that 25-26 range
3: if I had to guess I think that's more than fair. Unfortunately, that is not where the NBA.com power rankings have them. That's the subset we're using. For today, they again, they do give some weight to the fact that Charlotte is so shorthanded due to injuries, and there is a belief, based off my reading of this, that the Hornets are improving in certain categories, particularly defensively, especially considering all the players that they've been down, and seeing some light at the end of the tunnel for these injuries and recognizing that, hey, this team together is a bit of an unknown, and that gives them room to grow in the power rankings, but right now... NBA.com has them ranked 27th. So you know the question that's coming at you next. I'm going to give you the three teams directly ahead of the Hornets, and you tell me which one you feel Charlotte should have been put ahead of. Your choices are the Brooklyn Nets, who are currently one of the teams in the top 10 in the Eastern Conference. So I was a little surprised to see them rated there, but the 16 and 21 Nets, as of the recording of this podcast, were put Three spots ahead of the Hornets. Two ahead, the Atlanta Hawks, a team that Charlotte took down earlier this year on opening night. They're one of the teams the Hornets are chasing right now. Roughly six games ahead of Team Teal. And then the last option, from the Western Conference, the Portland Trailblazers, who have been going through their own growing pains, have had some bad injury luck, although I would argue not nearly as much as Charlotte has had. Which of those three teams would you have put the Hornets ahead of?
4: So it's Brooklyn, Portland, and then what was the middle one? Atlanta. Brooklyn's an interesting situation. You know, they're sixteen and twenty-one right now, but they've quietly had a really tough month past month. They started thirteen and ten and have since gone three and I think 11 or so, and two of those wins were over Detroit. And they're actually, I think, in Paris right now. They're going to play the Paris game this week. So um, if we're looking at just kind of where they're trending right now, um, instead of the season as a whole, I would definitely put them ahead of Brooklyn, especially since I think the Hornets beat them. I think they're one and one on the season in the series. Uh, I think I would put them ahead of Portland and, you know, maybe not necessarily Atlanta quite yet, but that's a team that they've always played really well. So Uh, it's a little tricky when you look at kind of where teams are trending, where they were at the start of the season when you saw them, where the Hornets were at the start of the season and where they are now. So I'll go two out of the three ahead of two of those three teams with Atlanta, staying on the top
3: i think that's more than fair if i had to pick one i would have singled out portland i think that that's a team where if you look at a lot of the metrics their offense has been weaker than charlotte's and as i said earlier charlotte's been barraged by so many injuries i mean no lamello ball for over a month now that's going to have a serious impact on your offense and then defensively they're still right around that bottom 10 range so it's not as if they've been world beaters in that category either I think so much can be cured for Charlotte just by getting guys back I don't know that there is a solution ready made on the Portland roster right now of course, that'll, uh, you know, be something that we might get more knowledge on as we move further down the road. Hornets are going to be visiting Portland just after the All-Star break. That'll be in February. And then, of course, they'll host Scoot Henderson and the Blazers in early April. Coming up next, the Hornets are hosting the Sacramento Kings tonight at Spectrum
0: Center. We'll have our game preview for you next here on the Hornets I've Cast.
5: He scored. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: Sam Farber, Sam Purley here with you on the HHC, the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta, a game day edition. Hornets hosting the Sacramento Kings, the second and final head to head meeting, unless the two square off in the NBA Finals. Uh, Charlotte won the first in the capital of California, 111 to 104. That was as adverse of circumstances as you could have possibly drawn up for Charlotte. It was night two of a back to back. The Hornets were absolutely decimated by injuries, in addition to the ones that we had uh, unfortunately gotten somewhat used to over the last couple weeks no Frank Nilakina, no LaMelo Ball no Mark Williams more recently no Gordon Hayward all of them had been out with long-term injuries and and remain at some level out for the foreseeable future haven't gotten a huge injury update just yet it sounds like there are some question marks for a couple of guys but we don't want to speculate here on the podcast we'll just say as of the recording of this podcast we don't have any definitive knowledge of anyone necessarily coming back but also in that win over Sacramento Brandon Miller was a very late scratch. Charlotte's starting lineup was Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, Nick Richards, Terry Rozier, Bryce McGowan. Is that enough to win a game? Clearly it is, but it's not the lineup that you would have necessarily drawn up at the start of the season, and yet Charlotte took down a full-strength Sacramento team. So now round two, the Hornets have normal rest. They have home court advantage, and we'll see what players and statistics Sam Perley has selected to determine who's going to win this one. So Sam Perley you're the guest you get to pick what direction we begin.
4: Yes and real quick we'll just add too that Sacramento will be on a back-to-back. They were in Detroit last night and I believe they're one in four this season on the second night of back-to-backs oddly their only win was the day after they lost to the Hornets last week they were oh and four going into that game and I think they beat uh, I want to say it was Orlando but I'm not 100% sure so I will start with Hornets player to watch we touched on him at the top of the episode uh, it's got to be Terry Rogier. I think if he can get going earlier than he did in that first Chicago game and Seem to get off to a good start in the second one. I think the Hornets' offense will be in great shape and kind of open things up a little bit. I want to say he had 11 points in the first quarter on Monday night. So uh, over his past four games, 32 and a half points on 52% shooting. I think he's around 44, 45% from three. Had 34 points in Sacramento last week, coming off of the illness. Uh, he's just on fire right now. I think the Hornets are going to continue to ride him until they get some of these pieces back, but uh, he played really well last week against the Kings, and hopefully he can play well again tonight against the Kings.
3: Love the pick. I'm going to go with the other superstar that is still solidly in the rotation, Not uh, knock on wood, been hit with any injuries as of late. Uh, That'd be Miles Bridges, and his recent four-game run's been the best of his season and one of the best of his career. It's not just the scoring. He's been 20 points or better in all four of those games, averaging 26 per night over his last four, but it's the efficiency. If you weren't going to categorize games by number of points and you were instead looking at times shooting 50% or better from the floor or 40% or better from three, these last four games would fall under that category as well, all while playing heavy minutes, all while getting a lot of attention from the defense, and all while having incredibly difficult personal matchups for himself to go one-on-one with in terms of defending the opposition's top players. So, Miles Bridges has been brilliant. Again, 26 points per game, 50% from three, 58% from the floor overall in this last four-game stretch, which includes a previous win over the Kings. What's up next? A Sacramento player to watch or a stat to watch?
4: I will go... Sacramento player to watch and I'm going to be looking at De'Aaron Fox. He got off to a little bit of a slow start uh, when these teams met in Sacramento last week and I think he had 24 points in the second half, finished with 30 and he has had a really good season. He's averaging close to 29 or over 28 points per game. Uh, He's become a really, really good three-point shooter, something that wasn't really uh, one of his strengths in the past. He's shooting 39 percent right now on over eight attempts per game so he's really taken a nice step forward uh, and been an all-star an All-Star last year. He was on the All-NBA team. He was the NBA's Clutch Player of the Year. And last week, I think, you know, he made a couple of um, uncustomary mistakes in, in, you know, the final minute against the, the Hornets last week. He had the turnover. He missed a couple shots that he would normally make. And I think, you know, maybe that's something that's going to stick with him a little bit going into the rematch tonight. So, Fox is a really good player. I would expect him to get off to a better start, shoot a little bit more efficiently. And uh, if it gets in a crunch time, watch out, because he is very, very good performing in the clutch, as evidenced by the uh, the award he won last
3: year. I like the pick a lot. I'm going to go with Damanis Sabonis as my player to watch. Sometimes a game is about a player or a team doing something to win it and sometimes it's about them doing something to lose it. I'll be honest, I thought last game out for Charlotte individually, the overtime loss to Chicago, the game was all about Terry Rozier and what he was about to do to win that game. I'm with you. I I felt that last three uh, at the end of regulation was going to go or going to be a foul. It ended up being neither, and the Hornets ended up falling in overtime, perhaps running out of gas there against a pretty loaded-up Bulls team. But that game was about Terry Rozier. The win over Sacramento, even though there were some great efforts from the Hornets, 34 points for Terry Rozier. Miles Bridges going for 27. Uh, Cody Martin, some really clutch plays down the stretch. A lot of individual greatness there. I thought that game was more about the Kings' mistakes. They had 20 turnovers as a team. Sabonis so individually had 11 more or less negating everything else that he was doing well all game he ended up with 23 points and 19 rebounds almost a 20 20 effort but the 11 assists that stood out or sorry the 11 turnovers I should say that stood out the most and so one that's going to be a focal point for him but two when he's on his game it is really really tough to knock down the Sacramento Kings when he has at least 13 rebounds in a game which is a monster number for most people but for Demonis Sabonis, that's just a hair above his season average. Uh, This team becomes almost impossible to beat. They are 13-4 and when he has at least 13 rebounds. One of those four losses is against the Hornets, but with Charlotte so shorthanded at the center position, I think this is a game where Sabonis can, in particular, put his imprint on it. So I thought he did in the first one with a great enormous double-double, but the 11 turnovers kind of negated all of the good that he was doing out there. Charlotte can't just count on him to give the ball away a bunch. They've got to do a little bit better job trying to keep him off the glass, easier said than done, and keeping him from being his dominant self out there on the floor. Last but not least, we need a stat to watch.
4: Yeah, my stat to watch is going to be the Kings defense, three-point shooting uh the kings going into last night's game in detroit have played three games since losing to charlotte last tuesday night and they've gone two and one in that span uh, but it has not all been good from a defensive side. They've given up over 130 points in each of those three games. Uh, one of them was a double overtime win, so there's a little bit of an asterisk to that. Uh, but they've given up 135, 130, and then 133 in their three games going into Detroit last night, which is the uh, good for the sixth worst defense in the NBA in that time that time frame. Uh, again, very small sample size. But over those three games, they've also given up an average of 19 opposing three-pointers so defense was an issue last year for sacramento i think it made a little bit of an improvement this year and now it's kind of going backwards just a little bit right now their offense isn't quite what it was last year either so i'm going to be looking for the hornets offense to get going early if they can kind of get the three-point game moving like they did against the the bulls the other night i think they started five of eight from three in that first quarter uh thanks largely to terry and miles uh, get the offense going, get the defense set. I think the Hornets will be in good shape. So that's going to be my stat to watch is, is opposing three-pointers slash opposing
5: defense.
3: Yeah, that's the one I would have had circled as well, so I'll audible and go in a different direction, and I'm going to go with rebounding. Uh, it, it's a subtle stat, but when Charlotte – really does dominate the glass, and given all the injuries, that's hard to do because not having Mark Williams, not having P.J. Washington the last game, that made it really difficult on the Hornets, and just throughout this last month, having all of this attrition on the roster, it makes it hard to execute really almost any aspect of the game, but the Charlotte Hornets have done a a really admirable job, but one area that's really been hit hard has been rebounding. When the team is a plus-eight-or-better on the boards the Hornets are actually unbeaten this year they are 3-0 and same is true if you have 50 or more rebounds I don't like doing total rebounds because that's accounting for a lot of variables. I look more at you know how many more offensive boards do you have than the opposition. What is your rebounding advantage? But nonetheless, if the Hornets get 50 or more rebounds, they are 3 and 0 this season. That's going to be difficult against a team like Sacramento that is so big and brawny and has a a Sabonis on the inside. But I think that is going to be a key stat to watch. Sacramento almost overcame an 11 turnover performance from Demonis Sabonis just a week ago in Sacramento. Uh, because they were so dominant on the glass getting 15 offensive rebounds compared to just four for Charlotte. Uh, the Hornets can't count on all those giveaways. They have got to reduce the extra opportunities that Sacramento almost capitalized to a win on last game and maybe make that a positive for themselves here tonight. Either way, we will have it covered for you tomorrow with a recap edition of the HHC, hopefully looking back at a winning edition for the Hornets as they take on the Kings. Tip is set for seven. You can watch the game on Bally Sports Southeast with Eric Collins, Dale Curry, and Ashley Shamedy. You can hear the game at 92.7 Sports Radio WFNZ and across the Hornets Radio Network with me. But our best option for you, come on out, join us at the Hive. Say hi to Sam perley He loves taking pictures with the fans and uh, enjoy some great Hornets basketball. Even with all the losses and all the attrition on the roster, it is always entertaining.
4: Yes, and the first picture I take with, or the next picture I take with a fan will be the first one. I'm not sure where you got that from, but if you see me and you want to take a picture, go ahead. I'm always happy to apply. So, again, thank you for having me, and hopefully the Hornets can uh, close out this little homestand with a, another win over the Sacramento Kings before they hit the road again.
3: Can't wait to see it. Sam Purley of Hornets.com, check out his work there. Thanks, as always, for joining us here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thanks to our producer, Rob Longo, for putting this podcast together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you along, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast.